You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Joshua chapter number 24, amen. We're not going to read the whole chapter, obviously, but I'm going to read several verses here. And, and, and I'm going to ask you not to stand while I read because I'm going to be commenting through there and you might be standing a while, okay? But Joshua 24, verse, uh, let, let's just read a few verses here, verse 1 and 2. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and they presented themselves before God. So he's called Israel all together now, okay? And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And really in verses 1 and 2 of Joshua 24, uh, we're, we're seeing an introduction as Joshua kind of gives an introduction to, to what's going to be his closing challenge to the nation of Israel. This man is, is, is an old man now. He's 120 years old and he's about to stand the nation up and he's about to preach to the nation of Israel. And in verses 5 and 6, he, we're going to jump up to, to verse 5 and 6. He begins recounting in this chapter all the good things that God has done for them as a nation. And he said in verse 5, I sent Moses also and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them and afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came under the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And, and, and when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. And I'll stop reading right there. If you know your Bible, you know that Egypt's a type of the world. Amen. And just as God took Israel out of Egypt, and, and really, Joshua saying to Israel, remember when? You remember when God brought you out of Egypt? I'd say to Eastside Baptist Church tonight, having heard the testimonies, amen. Remember when God saved you? Remember when God brought you out of spiritual Egypt? Remember when God brought you out of the world? What a wonderful picture that is here in verses 5 and 6. And then in verse 7 and 8, he talks about their wilderness experience. He said, they cried unto the Lord. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And he talks about that wilderness time. And, and really the wilderness, as they wandered in the wilderness, that wasn't a picture of them losing their salvation and having to get reset. No, that's a, just a picture of that sanctifying work in their lives. Amen. They had, there's, it took, somebody said it took, it took one night to get the children of Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. Amen. And that's, that's, I mean, there's really a lot of truth in that. And, and I wonder how many of us remember right after we got saved, amen, and God began to do that work of sanctification in our own lives, amen, and separating us from what he had saved us from, amen, and trying to point us in that right direction and so patient and so merciful and so long-suffering. And then we come down here to verse 11 and 12. And, and, and just to skip a lot of reading here, verse 11 and 12, he said, And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I want to say the termites, amen. I mean, there's all kind of ites in there, all right? And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings, the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And so here they've crossed into the promised land. And the promised land in the Bible is a type of the victorious Christian life. And so 
for the sake of just the correct context, Joshua saying, remember when God delivered you from Egypt. Remember when God sustained you, even when you failed him over and over again in the wilderness, and he had to just, you'd fall and he'd pick you back up, and you'd, you'd fail and he'd pick you back up, and you'd mess up and he'd pick you back up. For 40 years, you remember that, and he sustained you through that. And then remember when he brought you in the promised land. And remember how when he brought you in the promised land, man, he brought stability to your lives. He began to give you, I mean, the manna stopped from the wilderness, amen, and you started getting corn, amen, in your own land, and you got that milk and honey of the promised land. And how I began to fight for you and work for you and give you that victory in the promised land. And so Joshua's challenging them by way of remembrance. And as I read this, I, I, I couldn't help but wonder to myself if God was to do a little Joshua 24 in your life tonight and say, hey, I just want to have a talk, just me and you. I want to remind you of where I brought you from. I want to remind you of how good and long-suffering I've been to you. And I want to remind you that you are where you are today because of me, amen, because of the grace of God. Man, I fought for you, man. I mean, I put my name on the line for you. I put my promises on the line for you because I love you. I wonder if God did that. I wonder if you'd be able to write a list, a whole list of things down and say, yeah, this this would God. And we've already heard some of that list tonight. I feel like I learned more about Eastside tonight than I have in the last six years listening to some of these old timers, Brother Dana, some of those, some of those testimonies, amen. amen? I was hearing things tonight about you all. And by the way, these young people need to hear those kind of testimonies, amen? amen. We need to hear that. We need to know about, know about each other. Man, just some good stuff here this evening. But I'm just going to say this. I don't know about you, but I can tell you this for sure. God's been good to me, amen. I can tell you about when I got saved. I can tell you about some wilderness wanderings. I can tell you about some promised land victories. I can. God's been good to me. And so with that in mind, we come down here to verse number 14. After reminding them of what God did for them, he said, now, we're moving from the past, now, at this point in time, now, he said, therefore, because of what he's done for you, that's what therefore means, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And so basically he's saying, hey guys, remember what all God's done for you. Because of that, you should fear him. In other words, respect him. Amen. You should serve him. You should do what he says. You should put away those gods which your father served on the other side of the Red Sea as well as those gods that the pagans have been serving in this country. Hey, if, if the pagans' gods were so good, amen, why did Jericho fall, amen? Why did Ai fall? If their gods were so good, listen, that he's trying to tell a man our God is better than any god of the past or any god of the present there or here, amen? We have the greatest gods, what he's trying to say. And so then we come to verse 15. And here's where our text is. And you say, are you watching your time? I am watching my time. Amen. I want to make sure this thing, because I don't want to go over the time that I have set. All right, here we go. I've got 10 minutes. Y'all hold me to it now, okay? Now watch this. He said, if it seem evil unto you, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But I like this. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Over two decades ago, I can't even believe I'm saying that to be honest with you, but I heard a preacher preach over two decades ago from this verse. I want to give you this outline real quickly uh, because the fourth point of this outline is where I'm going to just settle in just a bit tonight. Uh, uh, but, but he commenting on that verse, he said Joshua made a personal choice that day. He said, as for me, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me, that was a personal choice. And then he said he made a parental choice on that day. 
He said, it's for me and my house, amen. And by the way, this isn't a daddy. This is a great, great, great granddaddy talking, amen. And he's still saying, I'm the patriarch of my home, and I, I have a sense of responsibility for the direction of my home, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. He said, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And then this was a public choice because he's not, he's not saying this just to the Lord in, in a private prayer, amen, in the courts that the pastor talked about. He's got the whole nation gathered in front of him. He's telling them publicly, hey, you know what we're doing? We're serving the Lord. I want everybody to know that we're serving the Lord. I don't want people to have to wonder about me, who I'm serving. I want them to know when they see Joshua, they're serving the Lord, amen. But then he gave his fourth point, and it caught my attention because I'd always looked at that verse, and I'd always said, well, why would Joshua say if it seemed evil to you and then give them a choice, you know, like, okay, guys, after all God done for you, if y'all want to go serve the other gods, help yourself, but here's what we're going to do, because that's not the kind of leadership that Joshua has exercised over the years, amen? That's not the kind of a leader that he's been, and certainly we know that people have a choice, and you and I have a choice, but the preacher said on that day, he said this was a practical choice, amen? And here's what he said. He said, man, Joshua has just been reliving the past. He's been reliving all the good things that God's done for them. And, he, and, he, and here, here's what the preacher said, Brother Alfred Willis. He said, he, said, he said, here's the conclusion that Joshua come to. Why wouldn't you serve God? <laughs> After he delivered you out of Egypt, why wouldn't you serve God? After the gods of Egypt fell, how could you serve their gods? Why would you make a choice to serve a losing God, a failing God? I mean, how could you not serve God? How could you serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell right now when they're falling like flies around the God of Israel? How could you serve them? And so I don't necessarily believe that Joshua said if y'all want to you can serve another God I think Joshua he's he's almost there's almost some sarcasm there because he just said now therefore fear the Lord and serve him and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord and I think that's almost a sarcastic challenge like if there's anybody here that can raise your hand tonight and give a testimony of how bad God's been go ahead and tell it right now there's anybody here in this country, and that's what Joshua's saying, that can give a testimony tonight to say that God hasn't led us and that he hasn't guided us and that he hasn't redeemed us and that he hasn't sanctified us and that he hasn't sustained us and that he hasn't been faithful to us. Right now would be a good time to say that. And, of course, nobody had anything to say. It seemed evil unto you, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't have that kind of a testimony. Joshua said, we're serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's practical. Brother Willis said on that night, he said, I get to looking around at my family. I get to looking around my home and say, why wouldn't I serve God, man? He's given me a good wife. Why wouldn't I serve him? He's given me some good family. He's given me some, hey, me, James Rutman, not Alfred Willis. He's given me some good boys. Amen. I look at my youngest son back in the very back row right now. Amen. Micaiah and Jesse and, and Jimmy. And I look at my boys and, and how God has been true to his word. Amen. And I say, why wouldn't I serve God? Amen. I look at my church. Man, the preacher's wife summed it up pretty well with her testimony on the local church, amen. And I love the local church. Man, I love the church of the living God. Jesus died for it, buddy. He shed his blood for it. You better believe I'm going to live for it. I love the church, amen. He loved it. I want to love it, amen. Why wouldn't I serve God? We got a crowd running around that don't like the church. They don't like the things of God. They don't like the God that saved us and separated us from the world, but I'm going to tell you something. They can run how they want to. I'm staying with the book. Amen. I love God. I love this book. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying it's practical. It's just practical considering everything I just told you in Joshua 24. Joshua's saying, how could you guys, how, how, how could it seem evil to serve the Lord? 
Uh, considering how wicked and, and vain and empty and futile and eternally hopeless the, the, all the false gods are. And, and, and then considering how good and how wonderful and how loving and how kind and how merciful and how gracious and how eternally blessed we are. Man, how couldn't you serve him? Amen. And I think he's showing them how ridiculous it would be or how absurd it would be for them to stand up and say, we're not going to serve the Lord. <laughs> it'd be, and I, can I say it'd be just as ridiculous or foolish for any of us tonight to walk out of this building saying, well, I have nothing to be thankful for. And I'm going to walk out of here. And I'm quitting on God in the next year. I'm through serving God. I'm telling you, you can't, you, hey, you make and show me where people let you down, but you'll never show me where the God of heavens lets you down. Amen, amen, amen. So I got to thinking about all that. And I know I only got about seven minutes left now, all right? But I got to thinking about all that, and, and I just got to thinking on, on, on that subject, why wouldn't we serve God? And it's practical to serve God. And, of course, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, because this is supposed to be a Thanksgiving message. Amen. And I got to think about Thanksgiving. And real quickly, turn to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. Uh, I love this, I, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter number 12. I love this chapter, probably my favorite chapter. I got a lot of favorites in Isaiah, but this is probably my favorite favorite in Isaiah. And he said in Isaiah chapter number 12, because here's what I was thinking about. And I'm going to draw Joshua 24 back in a minute, all right? But here's what I was thinking about as I was thinking about preaching tonight. In Isaiah chapter number 12, he said, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. And I was thinking about thanksgiving. And I was thinking about giving thanks through your speech. I thought that'd be a good message, amen, to give thanks through what you say. And by the way, we heard that tonight. Man, we heard a lot of people giving thanks through your speech, amen. And then I, I read on down there, of course, verse 4, he says that again. He says, in that day shall you say. Watch those words, shall you say, shall you say. And then in, in verse 2, he says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. And I thought, well, I could preach on giving thanks through your song, Amen. I mean, we could come in here. I mean, we started tonight singing, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. And we could preach about that. Really, oh, I promise you I could preach for a long time. Amen. Feeling really good right now. All right. And then again, verse number five, sing unto the Lord, for he had done excellent things. Amen. I mean, how could we not give thanks and say how could we not give thanks and sing? And then I thought, well, man, I could go to verses 3 and 6. In verse number 3, he says, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in verse, and I love that verse, by the way. You ought to memorize that one. Amen. Verse number 6, he said, Cry out and shout. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And I thought about preaching on giving thanks through your shout. Amen. Man, we can say thank you. We can sing thank you. Man, I like to get in a church service where God's moving, non-Pentecostal where God's moving, amen. And people start getting excited about being saved, amen. I like it when people say amen. I like it when people say praise the Lord. I like it when people every now and then shout and get excited, amen, about serving God. And I thought, well, we could preach about giving thanks through our shout. But here's what I'm preaching on for the next five or four minutes, amen. I'm preaching on this, giving thanks through your service. Giving thanks to your service. Because he said in Joshua 24, after listing all those things that God did for them, he said, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go serve the Lord. I want you, and we ought, to, we ought to give thanks with our, with our speech. We ought to give thanks with our song. We ought to give thanks with our shout from time to time. But can I tell you, we need a church and we need homes that will learn how to give thanks 24-7 through their service to the Lord. Amen. And, and, and so Joshua told those Old Testament Israelites that when he considered all that God had done for them, that, that, that he said, hey, serve the Lord in sincerity. And then verse number 15, he said, as for me and my house, 
we're going to serve the Lord. That's how we're going to say thank you. We're going to say thank you to the Lord. We're going to have our Thanksgiving service as a nation by saying, hey, let's have a commitment right here, right now. Who's going to serve the Lord with me? Who's going to faithfully serve the Lord in the next year, in the next decade, in, in, in your lifetime? Who here is going to faithfully serve the Lord? And boy, I got to thinking about that. Amen. We, we've had the thank yous in the testimony service. We've had the thank yous in the singing service. And I'm trying to do the shouting up here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. But here's what I want to say. When the service is over, then what? Yeah. And when Thanksgiving's over and the kids have all went home, then what? And then when everything gets back to normal, and there's no special days and friend days and revival meetings and Thanksgiving holidays to have. Then what? When it gets to that January season of your spiritual life, amen. And I mean, church has been on some highs, but you feel like you're coming down the other side of the mountain, amen. And you're going into a low, into a valley. Then what? What do you do then? What about those times in our lives when we're not in the high point of a revival and seeing souls saved? What about those times when we're sick and, and really we're just weary in our spirit? I'm, I'm not weary in my spirit tonight, but I have had Thanksgivings where I am. Some of you may be weary in your spirit tonight. You may be here tonight and you may be weary and you may be tired, amen, and you feel like God's not hearing your prayers. What about those times when we lose family and when we lose friends, amen, and, and finances and physical health, amen? We don't always feel like shouting and singing and saying in those times, but I'm asking you, will you keep serving the Lord? Will you keep serving the Lord? What does it mean to serve the Lord? Uh, here's what I think. You could put a message title, it'd, just, it, it, it'd simply be this, the best Thanksgiving, the best kind of Thanksgiving. How about that? What does it mean to serve the Lord? Real quickly, I'm, I'm down to two minutes here, all right? Real quickly, what does it mean to serve the Lord? The word serve means to work for. It means to bestow the labor of body and mind in the employment of another. The word serve is used in our, as used in our text. The, the root word that's used there, it literally means to work, and, and that's in any sense, all right, to be able to work. Uh, here in, in Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 5, the very first time the Hebrew word is used, that's translated right here, the very first time that Hebrew word is used, the Bible said, and there was not a man to till the ground. That word to till, same word where we get the word to serve. To serve, to till, to work. The idea is working. And so I want to say this tonight. How do we serve God? How do we serve God he said, young people, how do we serve God? Outside of saying thank you, outside of singing thank you, outside of getting excited every now and then in a church. How do, we, how do we serve God? What does it mean to serve God? Can I just say, we read our Bibles every day and we pray every day faithfully. Day in and day out. Month in and month out. Year in and year out. We just read, we pray. Whether we're getting something or not. Whether it seems like our voices are being heard on the other side. Or we just keep on being faithful. And we serve God. We learn how to walk and talk to the Lord. And walk and talk with the Lord every day. We, hey, listen. How do we serve the Lord, church? We go to church. Every service. I mean, if the doors are open, you're like, Brother Ruckman's going to be there. Amen. I mean, that's got to be our attitude. That's how I serve the Lord faithfully. Joshua's saying, serve the Lord. I'm telling you, your best thanksgiving goes beyond giving a testimony tonight. It goes to being faithful. Every time the doors are open in your local church, to be here. Amen. Just be here. We participate in the church services. We find out how we can serve in our church. Talked to a young man the other day, and I told him the best thing you could do is be right there next to your pastor. That church doesn't have a youth pastor. I said, get next to your pastor, find out what you can do in the church, find out what job needs to be done, amen, you be there to minister to the man of God, amen, so that's how you serve the Lord as a young person, hey, we tithe, amen, that's how we, I'm giving you tangible ways to serve the Lord, amen, we tithe, 
We give to Faith Promise Missions. Amen. We, hey, this, this is a tough one to preach anywhere in the country right now, but it's still right. We go on visitation. Amen. I mean, we've got, and thank God you all did. Man, 17 pe- or families filled out visitor cards. What about that? Amen. I, I, here on Sunday morning, somebody's been on visitation. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Don't slow down. Don't just kind of say, well, we're going to just slow down and kind of coast on in. Keep picking up the speed. Amen. I think our churches have got to a place, a lot of them, where we're like, we're just trying to hold the fort till Jesus comes. We're supposed to be occupying ground. We're supposed to be taking new souls for the glory of God. Amen. So I'm simply saying, man, serve the Lord. Stay separated from those other gods. Amen. From the sinful pleasures of the world. Stay separated from all that mess. Make yourself available to the Lord. Amen to your church, to his ministry. Hey, hey, make yourself just available to God, period, and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, whatever, wherever, whenever, whoever, amen. That's me, I'll go. That's how you serve the Lord. Give him your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Training up your children, parents, every day, amen. Training them up in the way of the Lord. Fathers, being a father, raising them up in the nurture and admonition of our Lord. Husbands, loving your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submitting to your husbands as unto the Lord. That's how we serve the Lord every day. Every week, every month. That's how we show God we're really thankful. Amen. By just being obedient to his word. Amen. The best way of showing our thanksgiving to the Lord is to simply, faithfully and cheerfully, just serve him now until he calls us home. Listen, Joshua said, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. To obey God is to serve him and to serve him is to obey him. That's the best way I know of showing thanksgiving to God. And I pray, I pray that we won't just have that lip service of thanksgiving, but we'll have that life service of thanksgiving. Amen. And say, man, Lord, you got me, and I'm going to serve you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can celebrate this holiday. Lord, thank you that we can have this time of thanksgiving where we formally, as a church, get together and thank you for your goodness to us. And, Lord, we do thank you. But, Lord, let us not just love in word and in tongue, but let us love in deed and in truth. And let's, let's let, Lord, help us to walk out of here saying we're going to serve the Lord. Every day till Jesus comes, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.